Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the Sing Second Podcast. I am John Schofield, the host. Joining me is our co-host and producer, Chris Cervello from the great class of 1999. We have an amazing podcast for you this week. First of all, we are going to be joined by Joe Cardona, uh, the long snapper for the New England Patriots. Of course, a lot going on there. We're going to talk to Joe about uh, the departure of legendary head coach Bill Belichick from the Patriots and also his thoughts on the discussion we had last week about Jacob Busick, athletes getting a fifth year, um, and his other observations, particularly his attendance um, at Yvette Davids's change of command. Joe Cardona, as many of you know, is a very active member of the Naval Academy Minority Association, so he, so he gives us his thoughts there. Our alumni business segment this week is going to be with Jeremy Toten of Reef Points, a local firm in Annapolis. So we're really excited about that. But first things first, let's talk about a really important project that is ongoing. I've been in conversations with a lot of grads this week, and that is our Alumni Association and Foundation Registry of Grads and Data Verification Project. Um, If you've watched our social media, if you saw our wave tops last month and been following us on the website, we have contracted a company called Publishing Concepts Incorporated. They are helping us go grad to grad, email, mailing address, sending out yellow postcards. And if you receive one of these yellow postcards, first and foremost, it is not a scam. It is our effort to try to verify data the best way that we can so that we can be better stewards of the Alumni Association's money. As we say on all of these channels, we lose thousands and thousands of dollars a year, not to mention incredible amounts of of engagement opportunities with grads because we don't have accurate email addresses, we don't have accurate mailing addresses. And the main thing about that is somewhere around between getting your your analysis and P or somewhere between getting your year analysis and getting your head shaved on iDay, we sit you down and you join the Alumni Association and Foundation. When we ask you for your address and your contact information at that time, you write down your parents' address. So Chris, for example, you know, was at Leonardtown High School and living in Southern Maryland. And his address at that time becomes his home of record. And then when he graduates, he goes off and does three to four deployments, uh, PCSs a bunch of times. And before we know it, he's out there in the world and we can't contact him. So if you've received one of these uh, postcards, if you've gotten an email um, from this company, Publishing Concepts Incorporated, first and foremost, just know that it is not a scam, it's completely legit, and it's all done in the effort to get better contact information for you. Now, when you talk to them, they will offer you, as part of this process, a leather-bound yearbook-like register of grads. That includes the names of every grad from 1845 to present day. There will also be a command history at the front, and it's a nice keepsake. But let me just say this before I get Chris involved in here. we are not pushing this book at all. You are under, under no obligation to buy it. And to be very honest with you, I personally, John Schofield, I don't care if you buy it. The main purpose of this whole thing is to make sure we get better contact information. But if you want a nice keepsake, particularly as you know the print industry is going away, it might be something nice for you to have. But again, first and foremost, not a scam. Secondly, we just want to get better data. 
Chris, you got one of these postcards. I know that you're a huge yearbook guy. You love yearbooks. <laughs> you know, what were your thoughts on this whole thing? So, John, I, I was really surprised at some of the less than positive feedback that, that you received. Um, I, I guess I'm just in a different place as a grad. I mean, when, when I see something come from the Alumni Association and Foundation, um, I, I kind of assume the best. Um, either A, I mean, if it doesn't apply to me, I, I file it appropriately in the in the wastebasket. Or B, I, I dive into it and, you know, if it's a request for information, I fill the information out. Or if it's a request for money, I, you know, give it consideration. I just was really surprised at how many people uh, assume the worst. And I get it. I mean, I graduated in the 90s and, you know, I'm not from the great classes of the 70s and 80s. And, you know, I don't automatically assume the worst and I don't, you know, automatically assume that it's a, some conspiracy to cheat me out of money or to sell my data to the Chinese. But like, I, I think as as grads, we need to get a little bit better at embracing the community um, it doesn't mean that we don't hold the the or the uh, alumni association foundation to you know the appropriate level of accountability, but like, come on, guys, breathe through your nose. Um, look at this for what it is. We're trying to get information. We're trying to make sure that in today's world, we're you know we're as tightly knitted as appropriately possible. Um, so I, I don't know. I saw this as much to do about nothing. Um, I thought you guys handled it really well. The last time we did this was 2013. Um, and to be very upfront with everyone, this is probably the last time we're going to do it. You know, I, I have, you know, always been very mindful of the trends in the print industry. You know, just this past week, Sports Illustrated, you know, the, the publication that I grew up on, um, you know, announced that it's basically going to shutter its doors pretty soon. And reading the tea leaves, I'm 50 years old. I really don't think that classes younger than me, classes younger than you, Chris, are really in the in the market for printed products anymore. Um, so, yeah, it's it's one last foray into giving you a nice keepsake. And if you're worried about your data, if you're worried about cybercrime, if you're worried about data theft or anything like that, our IT department has been completely involved on the hip with this company the whole time. And I can assure you there will be no no problems with your data, no problems with your contact information. And again, it's all in the interest of connecting with you more. Um, let's, we're going to put a pin in that. We're going to get right to our interview. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Chris and I have had amazing interviews in our past, um, and it's hard to really qualify them as being the best or being you know the you know the most impressive or or any sort of thing like that. But our conversation with Joe Cardona um, was an extremely satisfying look, not only into into NFL football, but Joe's perspective. Uh, now that he has been in the league, he's the he's the player rep for the uh, New England Patriots. Uh, so I won't really uh, I won't really waste any more of your time. Here is our interview with Joe Cardona of the New England Patriots. We are so happy to be joined on our alumni interview segment today by class of 15 grad, long snapper for the New England Patriots, Naval Reservist, Joe Cardona. Joe, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Give us a little update on uh, what's going on. Just a small change in the New England Patriots uh, leadership. Yeah, um, no, new beginnings, uh, I suppose. Um, a changing of the guard suit, you know, somewhat uh, with Gerard Mayo, uh, getting the head coach role, um, getting elevated, uh, you know, but he's someone who 
played here. We played together for a year. Um, he kind of went out into the, uh, you know, the civilian business world for a few years and then came back with the, uh, came back to coach and, um, yeah, we're excited to have him. I mean, I think it'd be cool to have, you know, a former player be a, you know, as a head coach and see how that goes. Joe, give me your perspective. You know, Bill Wagner wrote a great article, um, in the Capitol Gazette this morning, you know, talking about how Annapolis can honor Bill Belichick. My dad and Bill Belichick grew up together. My grandmother was Steve Belichick's secretary um, in Ricketts Hall. Obviously, the Belichick name has a lot of pull around here, and everyone is so proud for the support that he has given the Naval Academy. And a lot of people, you know, very unfairly might think that, you know, Bill gave you your chance because you were a Naval Academy graduate, but it goes so much deeper than that. Can you talk a little bit more about Bill Belichick, the man, you know, because a lot of people just see the very terse one word answers and press conferences, which Chris Cervello and I personally love, but I know that it goes so much deeper than that. Yeah. I mean, coaches, you know, at his, at his core, he's, um, you know, he's Annapolis through and through. Uh, he, he grew up, you know, on the, on the yard um, around Navy football. And I think, you know, those, values that we hold dear as graduates and um you know naval academy football players uh you know they're ingrained in him as well um you know so for me to be a part of this program for nine years with coach um, i gotta see you know how um you know that leadership could be applied and um how when you when you take those principles that we hold dear and and you apply them on the on the biggest stage um they can have uh you know tremendous success so uh you know for for him going forward and for you know his relation to annapolis I, I hope it only grows at this point um you know i think that there's opportunity there uh you know for 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 everyone involved and i hope that coach is always um you know is always welcome there in ricketts hall and i you know, and that's uh, something I hope that, you know, we invite him back a lot more. Last one from me really quick, and it's a little bit of a shifting of gears. We're always happy to see you. We're always happy to see grads rolling around the Flugel Alumni Center. You know, but as a member of the Naval Academy Minority Association, um, you were here as a guest uh, for Vice Admiral David's assumption of command as the new superintendent of the U.S. Naval Academy, the first ever female superintendent of the U.S. Naval Academy. So, Give us a little bit of insider access. We talked about it on last week's pod a little bit, but you were there. You know, what did it mean to you? How special was it that you were there? Yeah, to see the the change of command. Um, you know, Admiral David's. Uh, you know, like you said, the first um, the first female superintendent. Um, obviously, it's a it's a historic day. Um, you know, but for me personally, uh, knowing that, uh, you know, we also have a, uh, you know, Hispanic woman ascending to the highest, uh, the highest place there at the Naval Academy is, you know, you take a lot of pride in that. Um, you know, my, my work with the Naval Academy Minority Association has been, you know, really, a, a, a something that I've held dear this past year when I've, when I joined, um, you know, to, to bring in, uh, future leaders that come from different communities. And, um, you know, I know, you know, coming from uh, the East County of San Diego, growing up, uh, you know, in a military family where my dad was enlisted, 
going to the Naval Academy meant everything. Um, so if I can bring that to, you know, more communities um, around the country, communities of color, where maybe the Naval Academy isn't thought as an option, um, you know, that's something I want to do. But uh, from from that day, their Memorial Hall, uh, you know, you just saw a ton of pride um, in in the Naval Academy and Naval service. I mean, you had so many flag officers and, um, you know, the, the highest, the highest rank of, of, of people, um, you know, came out to see that. And I think it speaks to, uh, Vice Admiral Davids as a person, obviously, and as a leader, um, you know, and for me as a, as a reservist being there in uniform, I was certainly like, you know, I was there as a Lieutenant. So like any, they were looking around, like waiting to see, I, th- I think they're going to try to put me to work at some point. Um, you know, until I'd be like, no, I was a guest. I got invited, um, <laughs> you know, but you know how it is as a J.O. And you got, you know, all those all those stars and bars uh, walking around. Um, it's a little intimidating, but hey, uh, you know, it was, a, it, was a, it was an amazing event. It was an, uh, it was a great day for the Naval Academy. And I th- I'm excited to see what Admiral Davids does. Hey, Joe, I want to uh, jump in. Um you know, you, you clearly are a, uh, a heck of a long snapper uh, or you wouldn't be playing at the highest level um, like you are and like you have been for, you know, nine years or so. But one of the things um, that was your reputation at the Naval Academy and as we've kind of followed you from the sports side, but also from the alumni side is you're known as being a heck of a teammate um, and a heck of a leader in the locker room. Um can you talk a little bit about what it takes to build and maintain a, a good team? Um, you know, the listenership of the, of this podcast now is sort of broader alumni, um, you know, everything from JOs, like you talked about, to people in business. I mean, what sort of team or leadership advice would you pass along after, you know, almost 10 years uh, in the NFL? Yeah, no, I mean, getting to be at this level and getting to, to play at the highest uh, you know, in, in some of the biggest games, um, you know, on some of the greatest teams ever, uh, I got to see, you know, what that 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 really small unit leadership is all about. Um, you know, obviously, organizationally, the Patriots have been extremely successful. Um, you know, as a as a business, uh, when you when you think about you know how they've grown to the second largest um, franchise. Uh, you know, right behind the Cowboys in valuation or whatever it is. But when you really think about what got them there, what got them there was on the strength of a good team. Um, you know, and there's no good teams without uh, good leaders. So, you know, I think back to, you know, these these examples of, of leadership where, you know, and there's no question when you have leaders like Tom Brady and um, Matthew Slater and, these guys who who show up and 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 do everything right day in and day out. Um, there's there's really no secret sauce to it. It's you know how 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 hard are you preparing? Um, you know are you are you doing everything you can do on a daily basis to gain an edge? And um, are you are you prepared to execute? And and can you execute when it matters most? And you know, those are the questions we have to ask ourselves day in and day out. And if you don't, um, and if you aren't doing that, if you aren't prepared for those moments, then there's really no point in, in, in being there. And I think we can look at, 
you know, our jobs as, as Naval officers, what the Naval Academy tries to prepare us to do um, to be effective leaders in combat. And when you think about it, it's like, oh, well, you're doing the same thing. You're preparing as hard as you can. You're doing whatever you can to gain an edge. And, you know, ultimately when it comes down to it, you want to be prepared to execute. And, um, you know, I've gotten to see that for nine years here. Uh, and, and I'm extremely grateful that I've had that opportunity. And these are things that I kind of look to bring, bring to my other job in the reserves. Um, and I've always taken a lot of pride in that and, and getting to kind of bridge the gap. That's a that's a great answer. I mean, as I as I think about you know somebody that has transitioned and now is more in the business world, um, you know, I think about all the all the time the lessons that I had from the the academy and from the navy and and you know now how does that help me uh, execute? So that, that advice is is solid. I mean, we we've had John before. You've you've talked X's and O's with us, but I mean, I just I, I think of people like you um, as you know, a, a, naval, a fellow Naval Academy graduate and the things that you've got to, you know, experience and, and watch and then now lead this team. Um, I, I would put your your resume next to uh, the, the most seasoned uh, flag officer in, in terms of, you know, what it means to be a good teammate, what it means to lead teams and know what uh, highs of highs and in some cases lows of lows are, are like. So I just want to say thank you for uh, for coming on and thank you for you know showing a different side of what a successful Naval Academy uh, graduate can look like. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I think um, you know for me personally, it's it's all gone back to what was ingrained in us there at the Naval Academy and. I mean, going back to the Admiral Admiral David's um, change of command, I look at so many times we made they made reference. The speakers made reference to the mission of the Naval Academy, and um, you know, I think when you look at all those, you know, what what we learned and what we showed up knowing day one of being a plebe. Um, you know, all those things really said, "Hey, you got to commit to to excellence." And if the and if you're not committed to excellence, you don't belong here. And um, you know, I think I've taken that into my life uh, in football, and and hopefully can continue to build on that post football. Not a single plebe who shows up at the Naval Academy was alive on nine eleven. Um, as we've removed our forces from Afghanistan, you know, I think that you've got a little bit more. Uh, of a paradigm out there in the world where a lot of people just don't know what the Navy is and what it's all about. How much, how much does that dynamic still exist on the Patriots? Do you have, do you find yourself with new teammates, you know, coming up to you and saying, Hey, so what's this whole Navy thing about? What do you mean you have to do reserve work? You know, it, 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 walk me through a little bit of what the education process is with your teammates about, all of the other things that you do, not just for the Navy, but for your nation. Sure. You know, I think when you're surrounded by the Navy, like we all are, um, like we were in Annapolis and, uh, you know, as you go out into the fleet, uh, you kind of forget, you know, kind of how special it is and how, how unique of an experience it is. Um, you know, but when I talk to my teammates, guys who are at the pinnacle of performance, you know, and, 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 you know, really these guys that are revered um, on the field and for what they do, uh, they look at at those of us in uniform, you know, with the highest 
you know, sense of, of, of appreciation um, and really a lot of curiosity because they see us performing at a high level, you know, doing things that are very difficult. I mean, you think about the amount of training it takes, you know, for any of us to, to kind of step onto that field, um, you know, talking about being in uniform, you know, you do four years at the academy or you do some sort of OCS or, you know, some sort of indoctrination that they haven't done. Like we've all done it. Like we, you know, like first barrier to entry, getting yelled at, you know, doing plebe summer or, or, you know, OCS or whatever it may be, boot camp. They haven't done, they think that's fascinating. Well, take that to another level. When you think about the follow on training, you know, actually preparing to do a job, whether that is, you know, driving a ship or flying a jet or, or being a sealer, you know, operating a submarine or, or, or being in the Marine Corps. Like these guys are, are fascinated by that level of preparation, um, you know, and then doing something when the stakes are, are even higher um, than, than what we do when, when it really comes down to it. So, um, you know, my, my ability to kind of spread the, the good word of the Navy to my teammates um, has been tremendously special. I mean, I think about like, you know, I've had so many guys that have come up to me and talked about like, oh, you know, you know, football only lasts a couple of years. Like, you know, maybe like I could see myself joining and it's like, yeah, like these are guys that, that could like belong, like, Hey, yes, come in, join the team, you know? And, and I, I, I would, I would love, you know, I've had so many teammates that are just such high performers that, you know, those are the guys you want, you know, to, to be in uniform. And, um, you know, I think about, I, I, I think about those guys just getting a little bit of exposure. Um, you know, even guys that have told me, they're like, oh, I wish I could have went to the Naval Academy. I just wanted like some small shot at going pro. Um, you know, but that was like a, I, I can't even tell you how many teammates I've ha- have said that to me because in a lot of ways, you know, when you're, when you're in a program um, like the Patriots where it's all about excellence and it's all about preparation, you know, they see that's that next highest echelon is, is those war fighters that are going out and doing the job. So, um, yeah. you know, been, it's been pretty cool. Well, you, you brought something up that, that I, I want to ask you before we let you go and, and your ability to balance both the Navy and professional sports has, has stood uh, as as a standard, as, as a great example. And this conversation is, is back in, you know, in at least the local uh, press here, you know, in and around the, the transfer of J- Jacob Busick to UCLA. I remember sitting in the conference room in Larson Hall with, you know, Midshipman Cardona, Midshipman Reynolds, and Midshipman Swain talking to you about the opportunity that, that Secretary Mavis was affording you to be able to balance both of these and, and now it seems to be coming back where uh, the ability to transfer and the availability of NIL money might be able to defray the cost of paying back your education. As someone who was able to do both, you, you've, you've accomplished now in both. Do you have an opinion on how this whole thing is going? Um, and what advice would you give the Navy football players today who might see what Jacob Busick did and, and feel like that might be an option um, you know, whereas you've been able to balance it and now you have an extremely successful, successful naval career, as well as being one of the best long snappers in the NFL. Yeah. I, I mean, this is something that I do think about because one, the, the opportunity was afforded to me, um, 
whereas I, I'm well aware that, you know, a lot of that had to do with timing, um, political climate, whatever it may be. Um, but I think about what has changed in me since I've had the opportunity. And, you know, it is that, that, that level of, of leadership, that level of performance, um, that level of pressure that I've had it, that I've been exposed to through being in the NFL that has made me a better leader, like without question, like I know my capacity as an officer is, is higher, um, for the time I've spent on the field and the time I've spent in a building where the, the highest level performance is paramount. Now, when I look at, you know, kind of the current state of college football with NIL, with transfers, um, whatever it may be. And, and obviously like, you know, we're, we are kind of, uh, this is a story that, that is relevant to Navy football. Um, I, I think I would, I think I would challenge, um, how we got to this place, uh, you know, where we have a senior captain wanting to transfer or, or, or transferring or whatever it may be. Um, and I think we just have to ask ourselves, are we, are we, are we doing what, you know, the mission of the Naval Academy is there to do? As I mentioned earlier, um, you know, it's not just developing midshipmen morally, mentally, and physically, um, you know, there's that second part of, you know, we're, we're, we're imbuing with them the highest ideals of duty, honor, and loyalty. And it's like, well, there's a loyalty that we all have to the institution and in saying, if we aren't upholding a way to, to promote exceptionalism, are we actually performing our duties as alums? Are we performing our duties as a staff? Are we performing our duties as a Navy to produce the best officers? If we aren't cultivating an, uh, an environment where exceptional people can accomplish everything possible, you know, are we doing our job? Um, and I, and obviously there's a ton of ways people can go with that. Um, you know, but I even look at how we matched up against army and air force this year. Um, and to be honest, like we just, we looked smaller, like, and, and, you know, there's a, there's a multitude of reasons, but we all know a lot of those players were granted extra years, um, you know, and whether they're graduating at 22 or 23, um, you know, I, I don't know if that's going to affect the mission readiness of, of their services. And, and, you know, obviously that's not a decision that I have to make. Um, but, uh, you know, I think we have a loyalty to our service and saying we got to cultivate um, an, uh, an environment for exceptionalism. It's an incredibly wise perspective, Joe. I, I completely appreciate it. I know that I was disappointed when I saw on the NFL Network, the all-pro teams uh, scrolling on the bottom and some long snapper from Jacksonville was on there, not you. But um, I, I, I know that I speak for Chris Cervello and so many of the grads out there when I say that we're so proud of what you continue to do, of how involved you are, not just through NAMA, uh, but as an alumnus writ large. Uh, and we wish you so much luck in the future. I know, uh, I know that Coach Mayo has not only an incredible player, but an incredible leader. Uh, so thank you for coming on and, and sharing some of your perspective today. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. I'd look, look forward to being back on the podcast soon, hopefully.
No, we'll, we'll hold you to that for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Cardona from the great class of 2015. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to go to break. When we come back, Chris Cervello and I have this week's alumni business segment. Stick with us. This is Sing Second. The Sing Second podcast is sponsored by Scott Shooter and the Shrek Realtor and Crew team. Scott Shooter is truly committed to making your real estate transaction an enjoyable, stress-free process. His work ethic, honesty, and pride in his job were instilled at an early age and were reinforced through his education at the U.S. Naval Academy and his service in the military in the E2D platform. Those traits provide him with the tools to provide you with the professional expert service that you desire and deserve. Those traits are the foundation of his service to you and your agent. It is not just lift service, it is a way of life. You can start your home search by visiting Scott Shooter's listings and property search page. Please visit scottshooter.com. That's S-C-O-T-T-S-C-H-U-E-T-T-E-R.com. Scott Shooter, the Shrek Realtor and Crew, a proud sponsor of the Sync Second Podcast. All right, great conversation with Joe. Um, and many thanks to our sponsors for continuing to support us and bringing in, helping us to bring in these amazing guests like Joe. Uh, Chris, yeah, just a little breakdown from you. Um, I personally thought that Joe navigated the issue of Jacob Busick and, and the debate as to whether people should go pro or not really, really well. I know that it impressed you you know, as we as we put a pin in this, as Jacob Busick has now signed his letter of intent with UCLA, that whole thing's done. You know, what were your thoughts on Joe's kind of mature uh, viewpoint of this entire? You know, it's it's a pretty dicey debate. But when we talk about leadership, when we talk about um, being the best at what you do, right? I, I think a lot of us as grads immediately think of you know, flag officers, we think of the Blue yeah. Angels, we think of other people at the top, we think of Navy SEALs. I mean, guys, Joe Cardona is the best at what he does, right? There is, there are, I don't know, 24 long snappers in the NFL, give or take. He is probably the best guy. So he's the best at what he does. Now pair that with his discussion, his very off the cuff um, from the heart discussion on leadership and um, how he tried to, you know, be genuine, but also be respectful to the institution. Um, I agree. I won't say it's our best interview, but it certainly was one of my favorite interviews um, that we've done in a long time. Yeah. Many thanks to Joe. We'll try to get him on again. And who knows where Bill Belichick will uh, end up. I hope it's not as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, but wherever he is, we'll continue to uh, chip away at that and try to get Bill on the podcast um, you know, but no promises there. Hey, it is time for our alumni business segment. We are so happy to bring you five good minutes with Jeremy Toten of Reef Points. Here's that interview. Many people know Jeremy Toten as the more talented basketball player from those teams that went to the 97 and 98 NCAA tournaments against Utah and North Carolina. Uh, but we know Jeremy Toten from the great class of 2000 and now with Reef Points in Annapolis. Jeremy, number one, thank you for joining the podcast. Number two, catch everyone up. Um, you graduated in 2000. How did you go from graduating in 2000 to where you are today with Reef Points? Yeah, no, I appreciate it, John. Thanks so much for having us. Uh, always a pleasure. After graduating, I uh, had the privilege of being uh, to go to supply school uh, and ultimately landed 
uh, in a role doing medical supply. And uh, it spent the better part of my uh, active duty time serving on board the USNS Comfort, USNS Mercy, sometimes at the uh, in some time at the headquarters, uh, the Naval Medical uh, Logistics Command. So through that journey was able to really gain an appreciation and an understanding of the complexity of healthcare uh, that is delivered to, you know, servicemen and women and and then and then most recently even veterans. So uh, through that process, uh recognized there was an incredible um amount of inefficiency and uh and just 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 overall a, a lack of awareness and and uh and an un, understanding of how to use some of the innovation that was being brought out in the commercial health sector so we focused from day one which really started in earnest in 2009 yeah uh with another classmate of mine uh we, myself and uh, chris landon uh, started uh, Reef Point in 2009 with the uh, with the intent of really helping, you know, uh, military hospitals and veteran hospitals operate, you know, with more efficiency, uh, better programs in place for for the people who deserve the the, the best healthcare uh, that they can possibly get. So, um, fast forward to today, and you know, we're uh, about 145 people strong at Reef Point Group. Um, about forty percent of those are veterans. Super, uh, super proud to uh, to provide a place for people who have been both a patient of the military health system and the veteran health system, and finding a way to to continue to serve and give back and and have a, and make meaningful impact to those same programs that they relied on when they were uh, serving themselves. What leadership lessons did you, you know, have you taken from your time at the Naval Academy? Not only as a scholar athlete and and an athlete who played very meaningful games on some of the largest stages on the basketball team. What leadership lessons have you taken from that and applied directly at reef points? Yeah, no, it's so from the very beginning, like we recognize the importance of having a really diverse set of capabilities and, and leaders. And, and, and by that, I mean, it's, you know, we were, when we first started, we were very singular focused on solving very one uh, hard problem. And as that, as that problem became more complex, we needed, we needed more and broader capability to, uh, to help solve that problem. And the, having an, an, an understanding of how to bring together and get people to really understand the roles that they play in helping solve problems. And, um, and then being able to, you know, make all of that, not just work for our team, but really get that, to be bought in by a client, um, it takes an incredible amount of not just teamwork, but, you know, vision and understanding how teams can really be constructed. And I think time spent playing with really um, high level, uh, you know, you know, athletes that are all sometimes, you know, type A dominant, but recognize how you get the most out of those folks to solve really hard problems in complex worlds, I think is a, uh, is something that I certainly appreciated more after the fact of of being a college athlete and 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 being someone in you know in a very diverse you know leadership uh, lab like the Naval Academy. Well, we're always trying to help out alumni businesses here. So if there's a listener out there, who who is the listener that you're marketing to, and then how can they find Reef Points? Uh, the easy answer is you can always find us at Reef, you know at reefpointgroup.com where we have a, a pretty good social media following you know both our LinkedIn and um, and 
and, and even our Instagram account. So we're constantly feeding information to those that are interested around some of the, the problems and challenges that are, that continue to be faced by, by veterans and servicemen and women. Um, and with a group that we're really always trying to, to reach out to, right. Is, is, you know, we're constantly building a team of, of really, really good people who are motivated to want to make a difference in the life of veterans and, and servicemen and women. We're always looking to bring on people who onto the team that are really passionate about, you know, uh, about being some, being a part of something that's much bigger. And, and we're, we're a really close knit, close, close knit team here. That's, uh, that's growing, uh, with uh, a real opportunity to make a difference, so uh, we we would love to chat with anybody that's uh, that's interested in joining a team like that. Well, Jeremy, we thank you for your time. As we go out, I just have to ask you: you were on the floor, you were there for the Army Navy game, uh, the basketball game on Saturday. Did you shoot better free throws back in the day than the Navy and Army teams did on Saturday? Uh, I, I did. Oddly enough, that you know, I I was you know. Shooting was was always something that I felt like I was I was okay at, but shooting free throws I was really good at because you're from Indiana. That's what you that's what that's what you that's the only thing you can do. Uh, but I, I'm hoping that that improves because I think if, it, if, if they can if they can figure out to shoot free throws better, uh, this team the way they play they get a shot. So I've I've enjoyed watching them play with, with the kind of ferocity uh, uh, that's um, that's made it entertaining to say the least. But yeah, making free throws would be uh, would be a great change for us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, when you think of Indiana basketball legends, it usually goes Damon Bailey, Steve Alford, and then Jeremy Toten, as everyone knows, but. Jeremy, thank you so much for being, you know, a graduate and engaged alumnus. And thank you for making a difference out there in the business world. We love taking care of alumni businesses. Ladies and gentlemen, look up Reef Point Group online and Jeremy Toten on LinkedIn. Totes, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks as always, John. Appreciate the opportunity. All right. That was Jeremy Toten of Reef Point Group. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to break. When we come back, Cervello and I are bringing this out. Sink second. The Sync Second Podcast is brought to you by Stratascore Technologies. Stratascore Technologies is a leading small business provider of information technology services to America's warfighters. Headquartered in Virginia Beach, Virginia, their 230 plus employees have been delivering premier quality services in software and network engineering, enterprise architecture, afloat installation and maintenance, IT operations management and cybersecurity, the U.S. Navy and Marine Corps since 2015. Team Stratus has a global footprint with staff located all over the United States and 11 destinations around the world, including Singapore, Japan, Guam, Korea, Greece, and Germany. Stratus Core Technologies is the provider of choice when the nation's most difficult technological problems need the most enterprising solutions. The Sing Second Podcast is very proud to have Stratosport Technologies as one of our premier sponsors. Please check out Stratosport Technologies online for your information technology services solutions. All right, Chris, it's time for the out. Uh, first and foremost, I'd like to take a moment. Um, just the other day, um, after an extensive search, um, it was announced that the two SEALs who went overboard uh, in support of an interdiction um, in the Arabian Gulf uh, have been declared deceased. There's a lot of action. And Chris, I know that you, through the Cava Ships podcast, are talking a lot about what's going on in the Red Sea. Every single day, there is an engagement. It started off with just shooting down drones, and now it's shooting down missiles. And now we've lost two SEALs, um, not necessarily in the same situation as 
you know, the battle against the Houthis, but, you know, interdicting and trying to stop weapons from being used, you know, as part of the, you know, instability in that region. Um, the, the loss of two shipmates is always felt on our side. One was from the state of Maryland, where you and I are from. Um, yeah, if you can give us a glimpse, how, how have you on the Cava Ships podcast and someone who's still very involved in, you know, naval news, you know, how, how do you evaluate, you know, just it's a very tragic event, but, you know, emblematic of the fact that this is still a very, you know, that we are not on the cusp of a wartime scenario, but it's not that histrionic to think so. Well, I mean, it, it is another reminder, whether it's the kinetics of, you know, hitting Houthi targets, whether it's the defense of destroyers or shipping in the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden, or whether it's the loss of shipmates as they seek to interdict um, Iranian weapons. It, it's the latest reminder of what Naval Academy graduates do. Um, it's dangerous. Uh, uh, and we may say, duh, but sometimes we need these reminders to um, you know, to think about the sacrifice that we ask of the young men and women that serve and we ask of, you know, the graduates uh, from the Naval Academy and, and from all the service academies. So um, there's a lot going on. I mean, we, we won't go tick by tick, but, um, you, you know, I continue to be really proud of uh, shipmates in the Gulf of Aden, in the Red Sea, um, it, you know, in Indo-PACOM, all over the world. It's really busy for the Navy right, right now. And I'm proud to, to say that I'm, I'm a graduate of the Naval Academy. And that gives me a nice, pleasant segue into our interviews next week. You know, Chris talks about standing the watch. Uh, next week is ship selection night, which I personally view as my Naval Academy Super Bowl. Uh, but we're going to be joined by a deployed SWO, a graduate, uh, someone very close to Chris and myself, Calvin Davies, who is currently on deployment and will give us his perspective of what it's like being a SWO out there, uh, standing the watch in harm's way. And we're going to continue to bring you those interviews, um, you know, of graduates out there making a difference, particularly in the interest of national security. We'll also be joined uh, by one of the leadership of Loose Hall, who runs ship selection about you know, the, the new changes um, that are happening, what ships are available, trend lines that we're seeing. And we're going to talk about how the Alumni Association and Foundation continues to support future SWOs, future aviators, the new grads, the recent grads that we're really trying very hard to connect with. Hey, oh, go ahead. Uh, let, me, let me just also give one shout out. So you mentioned the Cavus Ships podcast that I do with uh, Chris Cavus. Um, we're going to have Chris Bushnell, um, who is an 88 grad. Yeah. He was the head of ProDev uh, several years ago. He's now the executive director at the Surface Navy Association. He's going to be on this week to talk about what the Surface Navy Association is doing. Like the Alumni Association, they try to grab these folks very early in their career to be able to build that SWOS free decor and to recognize this as uh, the career milestone and accomplishment that, that it is. So lots of good discussion around ship uh, selection night here at the Naval Academy. Everyone knows that uh, the surface warfare community has produced such uh, people of consequence like Jason Salata and John Schofield. And so we love to uh, talk about uh, how the surface warfare community is the community. Um, let's talk about one more good SWO here before we go out. Um, I just want to send out a little note of support to Rob Chadwick and the Chadwick family. Rob, a great SWO, former commandant of midshipmen at the Naval Academy. He just recently lost his dad, Rear Admiral, uh, retired Stephen Chadwick, class of 62. He was um, the commandant of midshipmen in the mid to late 80s. 
a huge supporter of the Naval Academy, just a great, great man, recently passed away in Lubbock, Texas, um, after a battle with cancer. Uh, we have to we have to give him a shout out. And as I and as I talk about that, I really have to thank Doug Wojcik, um, Doug Wojcik from the great class of 1987. He's Tom Izzo's number one assistant for the Michigan State Spartans. So just a small, quasi successful basketball program out there in the middle of the Big Ten season. As he got word that Stephen Chadwick had died, the commandant, when he was on the basketball team with David Robinson, Doug Wojcik reached out to me. He's the director of recruiting for Michigan State basketball, in addition to being the number one assistant. And the only thing he wanted to do was get in contact with the Chadwick family to reach out and let Rob and his sister Betsy know how much it meant to him that Rear Admiral Chadwick back in the day as the Don supported the basketball team the way that he did. Um, you know, just a great man. My son and I were able to meet Doug Wojcik when uh, when he came in to play the Maryland Terrapins and they beat the Maryland Terrapins in kind of heartbreaking fashion. But Chris, before we uh, take this out, your thoughts on the Chadwick you know, legacy. Incredibly neat story that, you know, the father was a commandant, eventually became Region Hawaii. Rob, his son, becomes the commandant, went to be Region Hawaii. It's kind of all part of that you know, very, very romantic storyline of the long blue line. Yeah, I mean, it really is. And the Chadwick family is is one of those great Navy families. I, I had the opportunity to work with Rob when he worked for uh, the vice CNO. He was the deputy EA and I was the PAO and had a chance to meet his dad then. Um, and, you, you know, you just knew that it was a it was a special family. Like there are so many uh, special families, uh, you know, associated with the Naval Academy. Um, I, I really like that Doug Wojcik re remembered that. I like that um, you know, he he's such a classy guy anyway. I mean, you talk about another guy that's at the top of his career um, in, in a job that maybe you wouldn't think of when you think of a Naval Academy graduate. Um, but it, it, again, it's what makes this place uh, special. Um, and it's why so many people, even after they're, uh, they're done, uh, want to uh, stay associated with the Naval Academy and with the uh, alumni uh, family. Very true. And one last shout out, or one last recognition, uh, also losing her life here in the last couple of weeks, Penny Vossen, um, who sponsored hundreds and hundreds of midshipmen. Um, her husband was a grad. Uh, son, Steve Vossen, is the deputy superintendent uh, for now uh, Vice Admiral Yvette Davids. Penny Vossen was basically the sponsor mom uh, at the Naval Academy for years and years. She recently lost her life as well. Um, so we recognize her. We recognize the Chadwick family. We give out our thanks to Jeremy Toten for being our uh, business segment this week and to Joe Cardona. For Chris Cervello, I am John Schofield. We'll see you next week. We are out.